Tim and Susan, and we love the Word, and we love living real. So we invite you to join us as we look at the Word this week and life this week. Hey, Tim. Hey, Susan. How is it going this week? Man, it is wild and crazy. Why? Uh, Just things are crazy out there. I have a crazy thing out there, too. Do you? You go first. (laughs) Well, every once in a while, I send you stuff on Facebook or Messenger. I say, can you just believe the stuff that's out there? Yes. Now, not all of that stuff is stuff that I'm going to talk about here on the podcast. I always believe all of it. But... It's just wild. A uh, couple things uh, this week. One, uh, there was a headline on my Google News feed, uh, which sometimes gives me national stories, sometimes okay. gives me local stories. And the one that came across this week is brown water concerns some parish residents. Okay. Not our parish. No, the one next door. Oh, okay. And that, we live kind of close to next yeah, door we're, parish. Yeah, we're pretty close to next door. <laughs> we're basically next door parish. Okay. So... I'm not sure what the bigger part of that headline was, that there was brown water. Yes, I believe that you sent me that, and there was a picture of the brown water coming out of the faucet. So I don't know if that was the bigger deal, or that only some of the residents were concerned about the brown water. And some felt like, yeah... Yeah, I guess yeah. So. I think it might be making an assumption there that some didn't care, but it clearly did say some residents are concerned. You um, think it should have said all residents are concerned? I would think so. Every resident is deeply it concerned should have about said, this. All residents are lined up at water trying to buy water bottles and water jugs and gallons of water because nobody's going to drink that. You know who the most famous resident of our next door parish is? I do know who it is, but I don't know that all of our listeners know. So who is the most famous resident of our next door parish? John Schneider <laughs> from like the Dukes of Hazard. From the Dukes of Hazard. He now, how was did Bo we do- Duke? Bo Duke, man. Yes. Was he Luke Duke? Well, no, he was, he was Bo, Bo Duke. Duke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He Tom like- Wopat was Lu- I know. Luke Duke. Yes. No, Bo Duke. Luke Duke. Luke Duke. <laughs> yes. So how do you but, know that John Schneider lives next door? Okay. Because one time when I was driving back on 190 from, I had been at Juban Crossing Shopping Center, Rouse, and places to yeah, eat over there. Yeah, people are pulling up their phone right now and I identifying know. exactly where it well, is. Well, there's a chicken salad chick there, and there's a Belk, and there's a Rouse. So really, <laughs> it's good. And there's an Ulta. So... Um, I was coming back from there. I decided not to go on the interstate, so I went on 190. And all of a sudden, out of my like peripheral vision, because I'm driving, you know, 60 miles down the road. Ten and two eyes on the road. Ten and two, yes. Um, and I all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I think that was the General Lee on top of that building. And so that was like when we first moved here in the first six weeks. And I was yeah. like, okay, Tim, next time we go to Baton Rouge or Denham Springs, we are going to drive home. I think on what you said is there is like a Dukes of Hazard super fan. Car, yes. They have yes. a real Dukes of Hazard on top of the roof yeah. of their car. Like the car is up there. The General Lee is up there. So I said, next time we drive that way, I want, I want you to see. I want to do it. Like next time we go over there. And my so, response was there is not a General Lee on no top of somebody's way. house. There's no, it's not even possible they would put a car on top of their house. And I was like, dude, I saw the car on top of the house. Dude or Duke, as the case may be. So eventually, several weeks later, we made our way back and we looked and I was like, that's great. It was gone, first of all. It was gone. The car was no longer on the house. Maybe it landed. Yes, it was gone. But then also there were these wooden beams sticking up from the roof that clearly signified... There was probably a cardboard cutout of the General <laughs> Lee and not an actual 
car on top of the roof. But in my vision of going really fast and not expecting to see this house, you know. So is it his house? No, it's not his house. It's like I a museum. I think it's his house, recording studio, and museum. But Somewhere, here's the thing. Yeah. It was not the General Lee, but it was Bo Duke's house. Yeah, better than the General Lee. Yeah, if you like so it. that's I mean, the thing. I don't know how that goes. So we went by this last week, and what did you see? A cardboard cutout car back on top of the roof. And... Roscoe Pico Train's car was in the park. The actual car, not a cardboard <laughs> cutout. The actual vehicle was in the front yard. Now, some of y'all listening to this are like, I have no idea what she's talking about, but you just need to go look up Roscoe Pico Train, his car from Dick's Hazard. Yeah, which so we did think, watch every Friday night when we were Do you think kids. John Snyder was one of the parish residents that was concerned about the brown <laughs> water or not concerned about the brown water? I don't water? believe that his house right there, which is actually, I think it's more like a museum and studio. But anyhow, I don't believe that he's probably even currently there unless he drove that police car there and parked in his front yard. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's a very bizarre thing, huh? That's so funny. Like, it's so funny. We can't even claim it as our own because he's not in our parish. He's just right there. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's really close. It is, and it's in the sticks and nothing, I mean, too. the thing about it is is that, you know, again, when I was 12 years old, yeah, I mean, there was nothing greater in my life than watching yeah. the Dukes of Hazzard I think 12 was a little night. old. I think I was much, we were younger than 12. Well, you're younger than I am. Yeah. So, same like, time. I don't know. Probably, like, when I was <laughs> seven or eight, I guess. So, okay, I have a crazy thing for you that's not nearly as happy, but it is as scary as brown water. Okay. So, I was reading this article, and this guy in California, he happens to breed and sell reptiles for his business. Sure. Through his business, for his business. I don't think you would ever be doing business with this guy because you're not a big fan of reptiles or and or snakes. So, um, but his business name, are you ready? I'm ready. You're going to like this one. Okay. For goodness snakes. <laughs> That's the name of his business. Okay. Right, so I thought I was like, you're going to like I'm gonna, that. I'm gonna you're going to like that. that yeah. Okay. So his business for goodness sakes, snakes. Yeah. Um, he was giving a presentation in San Jose, California. Yeah. Okay, on Saturday. And he left his stuff in a parking garage to, like, retrieve his car. So he, like, left. Like, he'd done this presentation. And then he went and took his bags and his easels and his things. See, I, I visited San Jose briefly yeah. one time. It's not the place where I would expect a snake breeder to go. Okay. I would expect a snake he breeder to be at John Snyder's next door. But go ahead. He was doing a presentation somewhere downtown San Jose. Okay. And he was in the parking garage. He leaves his stuff... In a pile, like, you know, when you go out and you're like, have a bunch of stuff and he wanted to go get his car from the parking garage and then put his stuff in his car. When he got back to his stuff, there was a duffel bag missing. So somebody came and thought like, dude, I'm going to steal this stuff. This is going to be a great value. Maybe there's money in here. Maybe there's camera equipment. Maybe there's some gold bars or something. You know what was in the duffel bag? It was for goodness snakes. <laughs> he actually had, it contained three pythons and a lizard. Now here's the thing. Why would you put the lizard in there with the pythons? And, and do pythons eventually, aren't those the ones? Oh, they're not boa, boa constrictors. I was just yeah. thinking like, wouldn't they just wrap up together and all squeeze each other to death? But anyhow, regardless, there were three pythons and a lizard. So when you go by and you see a car that's got all sealed up and there's a dog inside, yeah, because of the temperatures and stuff oh, yeah. like that, you'd be like, "Terrible!" I've got to find a way to open a Terrible. window, open yes, the door yes. to make sure that dog can breathe. Right. 
Now, you go by that guy's car, and there's the three giant snakes. Yeah. Are you leaving the windows up or down? No, no, no. Da- up. Like, I don't... Yeah. That's that's no deal. So... Now, don't you know, though, whoever took the duffel... I think this is a really funny story, because I think, like, you're going to take this duffel, and you think, like, you're making out with, like, something really great, and it's just laying there in the middle of the road, so pick it up and sell it at a pawn shop. And you go, and you unzip it, and it's three snakes and a lizard, and guess what happened? The snakes... Uh, two of the snakes were later found in a dumpster. <laughs> Clearly, he realized, this isn't anything I want. Um, but the guy who owns the business, he's worried about the safety of the other reptiles. I have not followed up on this story to find out if the other snake or lizard have been found. But two snakes were in the dumpster. But there's got to be like, like a snakes weird... snakes in a dumpster. It's a new movie. Yeah, snakes in a plane. There's got to be like a weird weight distribution. When you pick up that bag, I bet that, that bag guy... has got to feel... That's not... I don't know. He must have thought like, oh man, I don't know what's in here, but it's like heavy and valuable. It feels like squirmy and moving. I'm out. Three snakes and a lizard. For goodness snakes. <laughs> One of those so, is the name of my band. Yeah. Three snakes and a lizard? Or, or for, for goodness, goodness snakes. snakes. Exactly. So. so it's not all been chuckle-worthy this week. It has uh, not. In the world of, of Christian news and things like that, there's been a great deal of disturbance. Yes. Uh, because of some stuff that some folks said about Beth Moore. Right. And... We won't you, go name, naming names, but yeah, it was a panel might. of men yeah, who were we saying might. things. Okay. One of them was John MacArthur. You're, I mean, if you're going to be and famous. And I know, and I think that he's the exact one who said to, yeah. like, when asked what his opinion, like, t- I think it was very brief. I mean, I watched the interview, actually, for about seven minutes, I think. Um, and he was asked, like, so we just want to know, uh, what are your current thoughts on Beth Moore? And he said, well, I think I only have two words, go home. And that's what he said. The thing about it is, is that the panel was giggling about the question oh, yeah. before it yes, even yeah. came up. I think they said like, hey, what do you think about Beth Moore? And the whole audience and the panel just broke out in laughter like, ha, 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 yeah, go ahead and tell us what you think about Beth Moore. Now, it was pretty bad. I'll be honest with you. I have no comprehension yeah. of, of what the motivation behind that is. Mm-mm, mm-mm. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. No, but there is a crowd of people. I'm saying I watched the interview. I watched the panel. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. this event was, but I watched the panel event, you know, as the clips came out and the the news and information came out. And I watched it, and there was no one there that upon these, I think there were three men, it went back yeah. and forth between three men, who just completely bashed Beth Moore. None of them stood up for her, first of all. And no one in the audience was like, no, that's terrible. They clapped and cheered and laughed at the horrible things they said about her. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, let's lay aside any theological foundation, okay, of like, is she a preacher? Is she not a preacher? Is she a pastor? Is she not a pastor? Is she in the pulpit? Like, forget the theological bent on that. The fact that these godly men, supposedly, I mean, we hold them in high esteem as godly men, that we sit there and all we hear them is bashing a person that God has created and gifted with being able to expound on the word, but like forget that part. Okay, let's just say this is a person God created. And I think it could have been any number of other people that they brought up the name of that they could not, they may not have even believed the same biblical beliefs as that person. But you know, I just thought this is no, 
This is not what godly men and godly people and godly examples are supposed to do. Forget the rest of agreeing with their theology or not about her teaching. I'm and, like, and if they have such not a, how we treat have each other. A, a traditional view of gender roles. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, women do this and men do this. Right. When on earth do you publicly castigate and try to humiliate a woman right. if you really right. believe that there is a patriarchal role that you right. are the protector right. and that women are supposed to be how on earth right. do you use that mindset right to right. scoff at laugh and try to humiliate right a person right. i don't it it really no because again I'm it doesn't so even have to touch the theology of it it's like just out of the value and respect and how God says that we're supposed to treat one another first of all but then also for men to love women not in general all of them but like how you're supposed to treat and respect and value and hold an esteem and as the weaker vessel but not as a weaker vessel because she's not as good as but the weaker vessel as a fine china thing and i know that's husband and wife but i'm like that's also if they want to hold these views of men or this and women or this like you just slandered this woman who loves jesus whether you agree with the way she's doing it or not she loves jesus and she's trying to make sure that the world knows that yeah, and, salvation and, through Christ. I mean, like I don't. And then just, let's just also just say, including the theology of yes, it. Yes, yes. I'm not an expert on Beth Moore, mm-hmm. but I've heard her teach. Right. I've listened to some of her podcasts and right, her teachings. Right. She is a passionate, truthful speaker from the mm-hmm, Word of God. Mm-hmm. Now, listen. Does that mean that every single message she's ever preached is or, or taught has been on target? Probably not. Right. But uh. I've got some duds out there too. Right. I mean, right. I've missed it at some times right, right. too. And I have and a so, feeling probably John MacArthur has, and probably the two other men on the panel with him have. Like, so none I, of us are I perfect. I think Beth Moore's fantastic. I think mm-hmm. Beth Moore's role in Christendom today of being just this encouraging voice, mm-hmm. uh, her role on Twitter is, I, yeah. I've been saying for some time, uh, she has a prophetic role. Yeah. Uh, she is speaking she's, truth. Yeah, I was going to say, she's other a truth speaker. Yeah. Don't. Yes. And, and the other thing is that she's been so level headed about it. I checked her, her news feed you know, this week to see what she said about it. No. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, just, just yeah. she just loves Jesus and she's right. not going right. to chase after her. I guess I was looking in scripture. Uh, I was kind of pulled toward the, the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. And I'm like, man, fellas, on that panel, I don't know how you get to claim mm-hmm. the work of the Spirit in your life when you don't display the fruit of the Spirit. That, that makes mm-hmm. no sense to me. But uh, I just, while I opened up to that page, I looked back a few verses before that in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14. It says, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, mm. watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Wow. It's just... I, I yeah. don't understand that. Yeah. Now, yeah. I don't necessarily know what our... I mean, ex- and I want to say, like, that does not mean that you and I always get it correct. And I want to be careful yeah. that we, in standing and saying this, don't slander and berate and do the same thing to those men. Like, I want to be careful that we don't do that. But I think that we do have a responsibility as Christians, walking along, a Christian to a Christian, walking alongside and saying, wait a second, no, that's not right. That's yeah, not that how I mean, God calls us to act and listen, behave. Beth Moore doesn't really need our defense. No, but all of our podcast listeners, <laughs> yeah, we're changing but the world. But I do, I do want to speak for what's right. Yes. And, and when you see somebody who's being kicked, 
Um, you say, yeah. no, that's yeah. not right. Yeah. And, and, and so, uh, yes, again, yeah. for our dozens of listeners out uh-huh. there. We have more than dozens. We have like dozens, well, dozens and dozens is, and dozens. Oh, yeah. Okay, that might be optimistic. But yeah. Um, but for all of those folks that are out there. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we do want to speak on our platform. Yeah. And say, that's not right. Mm-hmm. And, and we stand mm-hmm. against against that and so yeah we want to do that no and i think that i think i think i was more disturbed i was disturbed by what the men said i was disturbed by what john MacArthur said i was disturbed by the two men on the panel that agreed with him and furthered and commented even more but i was really disturbed by the audience yeah Because this is a mass amount of people. This isn't three men who are just declaring things. It is a mass amount of people who are listening to three men who stood and applauded and who clapped and who cheered and said, yeah, They were salivating beforehand like, ooh, really let her have it. That's really disturbing, you know, that there's just a following that would agree to that too. Like, no, we have to speak about that and say, no, don't do that. Don't do that. So So, what's our exit strategy on this conversation? Hey, let's switch it over from that (laughs) attitude to um, I can continue talking about hospitality this week. Really? Okay. Yeah. How about that? So that kind of goes with the opposite of what happened there. Um, yes, it does. But in the last podcast, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to the previous last week's episode. Um, I began talking about hospitality and this study that I really want to understand hospitality that our Christian culture is moving towards saying that if you're not a hospitality person, then you aren't living out Christ the way that you should and and you're not fitting in and you're not doing all the right things. Um, So I just begin to feel pressure about that and I want to understand biblically what does it say. So last week I covered the Matthew 25 passage where Jesus says, when you've done the least to the least of these and when was I thirsty and hungry and, and given me a place to stay. And that hospitality was caring for the needs of strangers. That's what we talked about. This is about strangers. This isn't about the people in your Sunday school class or in your small group or even your neighbor necessarily. It's talking about, like, that you know very well. It's talking about a stranger. And that uh, we just often visit with and invite over and have a meal with people that we know or have known for a while, but we get into the habits and we begin to not embrace or bring into the fold new people to care for. So that was last week, basically. Now you don't have to go back and listen to last week's podcast (laughs) because I just summarized it. Um, But this week, I want to turn and look at another passage that uses that same word, um, actually a slightly different word, but it still says hospitality. And it's in Romans chapter 12, verse 13. And Romans 12, 13 says, it's very short. It's right to the point. Share with the saints... In their needs, pursue hospitality. That's pretty all it says. But I also know that that hospitality word is like pretty clearly a, bit, a verse about hospitality. Now, this comes along in a whole list of actions that show our faith. I think like my Bible labels as, labels it as Christian ethics. Do you have a label on the top of that? These are the marks of the true Christian. Marks of the true Christian. Okay. And if you look at it beginning in verse 9... Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honor. I mean, if these verses don't speak to exactly what we were just saying with the whole Beth Moore thing. I mean, this is love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. And we are brothers and sisters in Christ. How are we supposed to be treating each other and speaking about each other? Um, do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve yeah, the Lord. Outdo one another in showing honor. 
Oh, okay. Oh, I think I have that too. Did I skip that part? Sorry. I'll do one another in showing honor. Um, share with, and then we get, finally we get to uh, rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, and be persistent in prayer. And then we get to verse 13 that I just read. Share with the saints in their needs and pursue hospitality. And I was kind of boggled by it at first because I'm like, wait, this is talking about share with the saints and their needs. So do we only show hospitality and do we only care for people who are Christians, fellow Christians? Because that verse seems to go together. But there's clearly a semicolon there, which is separating. It's basically a list and they're just giving rejoice, um, share, sorry, I'm lost here. Share with the saints and their needs is one thought. And then pursue hospitality is a second thought. It's almost like, well, no, it's not almost like. It's like the word of God is speaking to both. Um, re, I don't know why I keep skipping up to the verse on top of it with the rejoice. But share with the saints in their needs. I mean, that is a Christian brother to Christian brother, Christian sister to Christian sister. Yeah, contribute that to inside the needs of the saints. our faith that we take care of people's needs and we look after each other and we meet those needs. So it could be those same things we talked about in Matthew, if they're hungry, if they're thirsty, if they need a place to stay, that we have taken care of those in the faith. Okay, that is our responsibility. But then just that second part, pursue hospitality. It is hospitality to strangers. That word hospitality, again, for the second time, second week in a row here is translated basically love for strangers that we have to have love for strangers and I think that I, I know it sounds like exactly last week but this is a different passage I continue to look at these passages I continue to do this study and say where are we missing it you know are we taking care of the people that we know are we taking care of people in our group but probably we do those things pretty well because it comes easily and naturally but here it is again are we taking care of the stranger? Are we taking care of the person that we hardly know? Are we taking care of the person who needs to be cared for and brought into the fold of our family, of our relationships? Um, I think it's interesting because the the epistle that you're you're looking at is written written to the the to the church that's there in Rome. Yeah, because that was such a massive city that people would have been traveling to yes. and through that yes. city all the time. So even when it says, you know, take care of the saints, right. you also would have been having someone that just came into the city, again, like we talked about in a Bedouin society, no right. place to land, no place to go. Now you're moving to an urban setting, but still as you come to this massive place, yes. you don't know anyone or you just kind of know someone who knows someone who knows right. someone. Right. But you gather because of your faith and you say... Listen, I know Christ. Yeah. Christ is in you. Um, and you look after each right. other. And so They were talking about here um, that this this would have been similar to like um, people that hold the same faith, but they could be from a different church, from a different right. denomination, a different people group, but they hold the same faith. That's that saints part that they're talking about. And they would have been traveling through and they would have cared right. for them. They also talked in commentaries I was looking at that for the people who were not in the church and believers like them, people just traveling um, through these larger cities, they they did not have hotels and inns or whatever. They would set up tents that was for the traveler. But 
people would go to those tents and sometimes just take them home, see what they needed, make sure there was food there. And like, it's almost said, I think in the commentaries even said like that still happens today in some of these very small villages and places as people travel in those desert areas and everything. That's what this means. Okay. To take care of. So in the commentary, it had that there were these three things that were required for this hospitality. Okay. And these are not necessarily in this passage I'm studying, but it's completely true about biblical hospitality. First of all, you have to do it frequently. Like one time being hospitable and one time helping out does not mean that you're fulfilling your Christian calling to pursue to be hospitable. I mean, you're not, you're not, okay, you know what? Last week I met somebody stranger and I invited them in. I made sure all their needs were met. Check it off the list. I'm done doing that. It's a kind of a continual thing. Uh, secondly, it must be willingly. There's not this guilt trip of like, well, I guess that's what I have to do. I don't really want to do this. I feel really awkward about this, but It must be willingly, I want to do this because of God's mercies and his goodness and his grace and his gifting that he's poured out on me. It just becomes an outpouring. I willingly want to do this. And the third thing it said, and I can't, I'm like, I can't take credit for this. It was in the commentary. Um, That it must be done meekly. Um, It can't just be like, I want to look after my house and my stuff, you know, and me. That we do it meekly of like, again, because of God's grace that we have received, so much abundance that we're like we it does it can't even possibly belong to us. Of course we want to have a part of this. Of course we want to do this. We can't say like, um, well you know come into my house and look at all the stuff I have. Look at I have so much to share with everyone either. So, um, just three points to continue about the hospitality. Again, I'm very challenged because the books currently out there in Christian marketing are not. They're just not speaking to biblical hospitality in this way. It no, and, is and more the, about fellowship. Well, and I sent you something today because there's an event coming up that had a had a minister's wives yes. item, and they have a speaker for the minister's wife. And this is not the exact title that she takes, but basically, mm-hmm. not only is she emphasizing her role in hospitality, mm-hmm. but a particular kind of hospitality mm-hmm. and style and regional style. Right. But basically, she claimed to be the queen bee of Southern hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, no, that's not, right. that's not right. it. That's, that's the the thing that that's I think is... That's not the uh, meekly, <laughs> you know, she might do it frequently and willingly, but it's not exactly... With the humbleness. And, and it's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still, I'm really boggled by it. I mean, I don't necessarily, I would like to know if anyone is doing this. I'd like, I know that people are doing it really well. I'd like to know some people who are doing it really well and see how they're doing it. What okay. does this look like? What does ministry like this, the ministry of hospitality, look like in 2019? And I'm still trying to figure it out. We could pitch a tent on the outside of town and see what happens. We could. There you go. I bet you'd gather up some people there. <laughs> but if it's in the other parish, they're going to have brown water, and I don't think we should do that. So, <laughs> All right, what do you have? Uh, I've been preaching through First Samuel uh, for, I guess, a yes. couple months uh, now. And I, I think, man, the, King Saul is just this mystery. Um, you know, theologically, I've been trying to unpack that, you know, Man, he, he wasn't the right 
person and he clearly right. was a reflection of the shallowness of the people who wanted to look like their neighbors and and it was a rejection of of God's kingship over their mm -hmm. lives but God did select Saul mm -hmm. to be king now part of that I think was to say listen be careful what you ask for uh, I'm going to give you exactly what you ask for and you're going to see the shortfall and the shortcomings there and so what we have in the story of Saul is just uh basically like one half victory at the beginning of his time and then after that it's just him getting it wrong and getting it wrong and at a couple different levels uh, God sends Samuel to correct Saul and the first time he takes away uh, his dynasty that says your your children will not be perpetually kings over yeah. Israel. And then the second time he comes and says you will not be a king over Israel. Yeah. And there's the response of Saul that I think is interesting and you, and you try to figure it out. And this is 1 Samuel chapter 15. And Saul says to Samuel, I have sinned hmm. now sounds like a recognition of the problem that sounds like repentance but right. if you keep listening to it he still doesn't get it because he says i have sinned and then he says to samuel yet honor me now <laughs> before the elders of my people and before israel return with me that i may bow before the lord his motivation is, I have sinned, yeah. but don't make me look bad in front of everybody yeah. else. Yeah. And then there's just one more part of this. He says, I have sinned, yet show honor to me now before the elders of my people and before Israel return to me that I may bow before the Lord. And for the second time in a couple of chapters, Saul says that I may bow before the Lord, your God. Mm. He, he does not mm. even claim identity and relationship uh, with God uh, in that place. And then I just can't help does but Does he think ever that, say the Lord my God, the Lord our God? I like, does he, he does ever say occasion, that? You know? But it, it strikes me every time that he refers to tell okay. Samuel, the Lord your God. Yes. yes. Now, here's the thing that there is not a man or woman on earth mm -hmm. that has a closer relationship or right to relationship with God than even the furthest person from God. Yes. That that if you desire to turn to God, he is your God. Mm -hmm. And so you can't look at Samuel and say, oh, it's your God. That's not really my God. No, man, right, we, right. the whole working I mean, the of God is to is invite so my God. Mm -hmm. uh, to invite us into relationship mm -hmm. with God. That's the whole story that we have there. And then the, just the contrast between Saul and David is probably most distinctly found not at their heights but at their depth and at the mm -hmm, lowest points mm -hmm. that they are you know because when you come to to David after his very uh flagrant sin when he is confronted by sin by his prophet uh, David's response in Psalm 51 is, Have mercy on me, O God, mm -hmm. according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And there's no groveling. There's no right, trying to right. save face. David says, But keep me looking okay and yeah, good David in front of says, all the people. There's no everything problem. that you've said is true. Yeah. Would you heal that part of my life? And I think that there's just a significant truth that the sometimes the biggest measure of our lives is not at the high point, but at the low point. That's when we see 
who we are. There was a guy that I met years ago that I just kind of had passing conversations with, and he was a person who bowled a lot. And hmm. and I asked him, you know, about. Did no, you I, meet him bowling? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. He, he worked at a church, and oh, okay. and I was talking to him, and you know, I asked him about how many strikes he, you know, if he ever bowled a three hundred yeah. game or something like that, which is a perfect game, right? And um, I say that as if I knew that. I'm like, yeah, yeah right, uh huh, okay. But, but no, his, sta- his statement was, anyone can get a strike. Mm-hmm. But it takes a bowler to get a spare. Oh. To pick up those when it isn't perfect. Hmm. The skill comes. The the separator comes and the ability to pick up the hmm. pieces when hmm. they're there. And I think that we see that. If you really want to see the measure of a person, you don't look at them on their best day, mm-hmm. but you look at them on the day in which it's been really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And you see which direction that their heart turns. Mm-hmm. And in Saul's case, his heart turned completely inwards. And he said, even when I've messed up, don't let anyone else see it. Make yeah. sure that I still look good in this place. And David, when he messed up, as he says... And whatever happens, God, would you change my heart and will you fix what's broken? Mm-hmm. And obviously, um, obviously God honors that mm-hmm. kind of a heart mm-hmm. uh, far more than the one that says, I want to minimize this so I don't look right. bad in any way. Right, right. Yep, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. All right. Hey, why don't we take a break? And we will be right back. And we're going to go back to wrong and strong. I don't know what happened last week with smileys <laughs> and frownies. We just slipped into the old ways of doing it. So we will be right back with wrong and strong. Okay, let's go with the wrongs and strongs. And I want your strong first. You never go first with the strong. I'd never leave We're mixing it up. Nope. So you're leading with a strong. All right. Well, as a resident, a uh, proud resident of South Louisiana, yes. where we may have brown water. I'm like, but we don't have brown water. Yeah. But I would have to say that one of the strongs is our New Orleans Saints. Uh, oh. They continue to win, and they won this week without Drew Brees, their quarterback, without okay. Alvin Kamara, their best okay. running back. By the way, I have him on my fantasy football team, and it's been a disaster for fantasy football this week. Go ahead. But the real Saints okay. uh, managed to win, even in case, even That's despite true. all Not those the things. Not the fantasy football. They're actual so real Saints. Yeah. When, when those guys come back, they're going to be really good. And I don't know. I'm as optimistic about that team as I've been in a really, really long time. So I consider that to be strong. Very good. That's very happy. It makes yeah. us happy. It makes, it makes South Louisiana happy. It makes it all does. Louisiana, I would think, happy. But, I mean, particularly South Louisiana where we and live. And right now the, the LSU is undefeated and the oh, Saints are that. in first place. So oh, it's all okay. pretty good stuff. Okay, good. Now, LSU is worried because they've got to play Alabama coming up in two weeks' time. Okay. They've got to play Auburn first and, and all that. So that until they until they get past Alabama, there, mm-hmm. there's just It's some always dr- that Alabama-LSU there's, thing. There's always some dread yes. out there. So LSU's yes. like, oh, it's kind of good maybe. But until they deal with Alabama, it can't yeah. really be done. Yeah. But the Saints, the Saints have really done well and passed some good. tests. Okay, I'm going to start with Those my strong two. Those are all the things two. you were going to say, gonna, weren't that they? That was exactly. I was going to yeah. totally talk about all the sports. Um, I have a strong, and it's actually a rather serious strong, but I was thinking about it when you said, um, when we were opening the word, and you talked about it's how 
what did you say something about like it's not how you are in the good day it's how you finish on the bad days or like on the down times like looking yeah. at Saul and David in that example and today has not been the easiest day it's been taking care of your mom a little bit taking care of mama a little bit taking care of my mom a little bit taking care of Ashley a little bit and just a lot of needs and a lot of things on my plate. And I actually haven't even had time to tell you this, even though I think I've texted it to two people already um, about my day. But um, I was feeling pretty down. I think if people look at my Instagram, they're like, wow, Susan's a little bit stressed. It's a little bit a lot on her plate. Um, but I was in the elevator. I don't always have to go to Instagram to know that you're having <laughs> a tough true. day. But that's, Can go you ahead. go to Instagram so you know how my day is? Um, but I think that there in my story, um, I was, but I was getting on the elevator to go upstairs at the infusion center to meet my mom and dad at a doctor's appointment that she had today after leaving Mama's house. And I was in the elevator all by myself on the first floor and I hit the two button and the doors closed and I had this moment of silence by myself. I couldn't do anything else. And it was very, um, not an audible word from God, but um, just God speaking in my mind and heart in that moment and said, you have to open your eyes and look and see where I am at work. Mm. And I just felt like, oh, wow, there's a little bit of conviction that comes, but always with that conviction, it's always good because that means that he's a loving, good father that is bringing, you know, that conviction and re reset to our soul. And I just thought, that is so true because in the middle of all of this, I can just sit here and wallow and be very angsty and sad and disappointed and hard and exhausted or I can open my eyes a little bit wider and look and see where God is at work in the middle of what we're having to walk through for right sure, now for sure and I just think I, I just hadn't been doing that I mean that's just a, that's just the truth of the situation so I think in that moment on the elevator and then it's like second floor thing doors open yeah and I'm it like, wasn't a very long ride I've been on it that wasn't elevator. a long ride nope but that's enough time for him to convict and mm. correct and for me to say okay I'm gonna go with my eyes open and see where he is at work here um I can't say that like the elevator doors open and it was like, oh, like this wonderful, miraculous thing happened. But I think it's just a change in the spirit of like, okay, I can't carry the weight of all this without seeing his goodness in it. So that's oh, my go. strong. It's rather serious for this week, but that's what it was. So, all right. What do you have for wrong? What do I have for wrong? Yes. What's wrong this week? Man, do I have something that's wrong? Wow. No wrongs? Yeah. That guy, he had snakes and they got yeah, stolen. Yeah, and they, yeah. We, we covered some <laughs> of For goodness snakes. I can't yeah. believe it. <laughs> um, man, I don't have anything right now. Nothing for wrong. No, All I right. mean, listen, again, I don't have to look at Instagram to know how yeah, your day's going. And, yeah. and you know that there have been moments in my week that have not been great. Uh, but I don't have any that I can put a... Uh, put a, put a marker on. on and want to yeah. share with the world at this point. Um, well, I will tell you something wrong that happened this week. It was actually over the weekend. Um, I do use Instagram. I post a lot of stories there on Instagram about our life and daily events that happen in our life, whether you like it or not. It goes on Instagram. Uh, but I like sharing life with people. I don't have an issue with your Instagram. No, you don't have an issue. So no, you don't. Very clear. About yeah, that. no, you don't. Um, I was just saying that, yeah. like, you know, whether you like it or not, it goes up there. Um, so, but I'm usually pretty good with it and like, it's pretty okay. And, and even so I'll check in with Ashley or Adam because, well, Adam's not on Instagram, but I'll check in with the kids. Cause I'm like, they have a better pulse on social media things. And Saturday morning I was cooking in the kitchen and Ashley came and sat here at one of these stools in the kitchen while I was cooking. And 
all of a sudden she was looking at her phone and then she was like, oh, mom, oh, mom, like, mom, you, like, this is not okay. And she told me that I needed to take down a picture that was on Instagram. And I was like, oh, okay. I thought it was just fine. So what happens is it's probably a picture you did not see because I think there were only, I had looked and I want to say about 20 people had seen this picture and you were gone because you, the church group had gone to Denham Springs and all that stuff. So, um, your committee, I mean, um, so I only about 20 people saw it. So if you saw this picture, it's like a rare mint coin. Yeah, it's like a collector's item. It is. Now it I is really a collector's want to know what item. Picture I'm sure nobody took a screenshot of it. So you'll never see it again. But it was, I was cooking and I was baking my fresh pumpkins. Like I had just cut them open instead of carving them. I cleaned them out and scooped them out and I put them in the oven and I bake them for fresh pumpkin to make pumpkin bread. And then because I was. Because you're the queen of hospitality. Oh, because I am Betty Crocker. Yeah. I think I actually even had the little Betty Crocker spoon on this picture okay. that is now no longer there. Um, and then I was also cooking stew for my parents. So I had like some stew meat that I was browning in the pot, but it was kind of still pink. Pink raw and like I had floured it I had seasoned and floured it and I was browning it in the pot to like make the gravy out of it right and Ashley's like mom it's like pumpkin guts and seeds and I put them side by side I had made a little collage with like side by side pumpkin guts and seeds and then some raw meat in a pot and she was like food pictures like that that's a no-go <laughs> don't do the, that the before pictures not yep, really what yep. you're she was for. like uh don't that's not okay you shouldn't do that and I was like oh so I took it down so I think my wrong this week is like oof for all the stuff I do on social media and all the interactions I have in life this week I got sat down by the 21 year old and she said mom don't do that one so I feel good that it wasn't anything major and took it down briefly it was very quick only 20 people, really, it was like 23 people maybe had seen it. It was fine. I took it down fast. And she then whoever tells, listens she to She never this, corrects me on my social media that's posts. That's because you don't do anything on social media. That's probably true. <laughs> you don't. I do enough, enough for both of us. So that was my wrong for this weekend. But I also felt, again, both of my, my wrong and my strong were both like learning lessons, changing and improving, and becoming a better, well-rounded person. Here's the note. Do not put raw pumpkin flesh with seeds and everything on the internet. <laughs> People will not appreciate that. So yeah. that's it. All right. That well, wraps up this week. Take those life Next lessons week, with you. Next week, you might have to have two wrongs just to make up for this week. I, so. That could probably be arranged. All right. We'll be back next week. <laughs>